Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom, a reminder that what you do every day is life-changing, and it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are special and amazing and he has called you and he will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Hey, welcome back for another episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. I want to start out just by saying thanks. Thanks for letting me join you in whatever it is you're doing right now, whether it's around the house or around the town. I'm thankful that you invited me along, and I hope that today's episode is an inspiration and an encouragement to you. I also want to say a huge thanks to this month's podcast sponsor, Plan to Eat. You can go to inspiredtoaction.com forward slash plan to eat, and you can get a free trial. You can check out some of my recipes and my meal plans. Just look for me on plan to eat. My username is inspired to action. Shocking. I know. (laughs) Um, But you know, it's that time of year in Texas when at least in the early mornings, it's starting to get a little bit cooler, which means it's not triple digits. And I'm starting to make some yummy morning recipes that are just cozy, like uh, oatmeal with cinnamon apples and toasted pecans. Yum. That always gets my kids and me, frankly, in a good mood. Or French toast. Actually, I made that for dinner the other night. And what did, what did we do? Oh, yeah, we kicked it up a notch by putting some sautéed apples that I had left over from the oatmeal inside. Like, we also made almost made a French toast sandwich. We made some really yummy French toast. And then we sautéed apples in cinnamon and put it in between. And I want to say we put something else in there. Oh, like maybe some sausage or bacon. It was like a little French toast sandwich. It was really good. It was so good. So if you want to check out any of those recipes, just go to inspiredtoaction.com forward slash plan to eat and you can get that free 30-day trial and check out my recipes and stuff. So thank you, Plan to Eat, for sponsoring this podcast. I also want to make a quick mention that you, ha- if you happen to be listening to this episode Wednesday, the 22nd of October, 2014, that I am doing a live webinar tomorrow night with my friend, Amy McCready. I'm I'm live in the chat and she's live on video and she'll be teaching uh, a lot of really great parenting tips and lessons. And the specific topic is how to get your kids to listen without having to nag, yell, or remind. So good. I do these webinars with her about once every quarter, and I learn so much every single time. So I'd love for you guys to join us. If anything, it's just fun for me to to see you guys there in the chat and to say hi. It is tomorrow night, Thursday, the 23rd of October. And if you go to inspiredtoaction.com forward slash webinar, you can sign up there. Now, in today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast, Emily is sharing with us her story of how cancer and eating disorders and ultimately how God shaped her heart and her motherhood. And you're, you're just going to notice her really soothing voice. And she's so relaxed and laid back. And, and she's a beautiful, beautiful writer. And I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. And the phrase that stuck out to me the most was when she says, don't give up on the girl inside. And I love that idea because as moms, it is so easy to lose track of who we are and what 
story made us and how God designed us. And I hope that just as you listen to Emily's story, that it'll inspire you to kind of rediscover your own story. And that if you have dreams in your heart that you want to pursue and you feel like this is not the season for them, that just that you will keep those alive and that you won't give up on the girl inside. I just love that phrase. And I love Emily's heart. So without any further chatter, let's jump into the conversation today with Emily. Hey, Emily, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good, Kat. How are you? I am doing well. And for everybody listening, if I know anything about Emily right now, it's that she's very gracious because <laughs> I am time zone challenged, apparently. And so she has been <laughs> so sweetly and patiently waiting for like 45 minutes <laughs> for me to call. And I never did because I thought that we it was a different time because time zones are just the details that I am not skilled at. So Emily, thank you so much for sticking around to share some of your story and your wisdom with our audience. I really appreciate that. Oh, no problem. It's my honor. Yeah. Um, so first of all, I'd love for you to just introduce yourself to the listeners. Um, just tell us a little bit, just a little bit about you and, and your family. Sure. Um, well, I'm a 34-year-old mother of two little boys, ages three and four, soon to be five. And I have a math teacher husband. We have a couple of uh, godsons who um, we took in for almost a year uh, while their mom got help. Um, we're, I'm expecting my third in March, and we've had a few miscarriages as well. Um, we live in northern Canada in a cold part of Alberta. We have a huge garden. We're um, like little pioneers, kind of. We do a lot of our own homemade stuff, homemade bread and wine and beer. And my husband chops wood. And yeah, so we're kind of hillbilly. And um, I write from home. I love my job. I have an office at home, uh, which allows me to spend a lot of time with my kids, which I'm very privileged and honored to be able to do. Very funny. The whole chopping wood thing. I think it sounds like my husband's dream life. That sounds <laughs> that sounds great. He he he's an he works in management and stuff. So it's very much the opposite. Okay. And as soon as you were talking about, oh, we live in Canada, and my husband chops wood. I'm like, that sounds that sounds like something my husband would love. Um. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, so um. You recently released a book called Atlas Girl, and I just have to say, you are a beautiful writer. I mean, you know, the story is amazing and wonderful and and all that, but just even just the way that you write, it's just, um, it's, and it doesn't come across as beautiful just to Mm. be beautiful. It it just happens (laughs) to be beautiful. And then then it tells this powerful story. And I just, anyway, I just had to say that because I was just like, wow, I just wasn't necessarily expecting that. (laughs) And, And it's just beautiful. And so I have to say, I'm really curious to know, how do you write with such poetry in depth with a three and four year old mm-hmm. running around. Oh goodness. Totally by the grace of God. Um I think actually the the brevity of time which has allowed me to write um forces me to do it um more succinctly and efficiently. So I don't have time to think of necessarily poetic phrases. I just I write from my gut and it often is very raw as you've as you know it's very honest because you know I don't have time to be fake I don't have time to pretend <laughs> my life away um so you get what you get and honestly it's been a years of honing my voice um 
to get to this point, it's been a lot of writing. And there was one year where I just found that niche, you know, like mm-hmm. this is my book writing voice. And so it's really nice when you actually get to that point. You don't you no longer sound like somebody else. You sound like yourself. And did it take you a long time to get to that point? And was that a journey in and of itself? Or did it something just that kind of evolved naturally? I think both. You know, I did emanate, like I did copy other writers until I found my own voice. Like I copied Anne Lamott and Anne Voskamp, all the Anne's, you know, it's just, <laughs> I, um, and both of them, which is funny because both of them have completely opposite writing styles. <laughs> uh, so I think the blend of the both of them helped me to find my own, you know, my honest and yet very, um, I do love the beauty of words. I love to, um, I think as Christians, we, um, we have a responsibility to, um, write as well as possible, you know, as creatively as possible because we are linked, um, intimately with the creator. And so I really feel a responsibility as a writer to do my best. I love that. And, you know, and I feel like that's so true of motherhood. A lot of times, as moms, we think that, you know, this is a season where when I can't really do a lot of things that I'm passionate about or I can't be excellent mm-hmm. at things I'm passionate about. But in actuality, it's an amazing season to hone in on those things and mm-hmm. to, to not let um, time get away from us because we realize that we actually have so very little of it. And so I, I love how you've really lived mm-hmm. that out by refining your craft and just writing such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. book. Um, Thank you. Now, I'm sure everybody listening is really curious. So what's this book about? What what, what is all this? So can you give them a glimpse into Atlas Girl? Sure. Um, well, I just it's memoir. Uh, it's my first memoir. I, and, you know, honestly, I describe it as <laughs> um, having a naked painting of yourself in front of the whole world. <laughs> so, like, it's really awkward. Um, it's basically my life um, from childhood until I'm about... 28. And um, I grew up as a pastor's daughter. I'll just quickly tell you, I had a broken childhood, which resulted in me um, struggling with an eating disorder from the age of nine to 13. Um, And it's really the story of discovering the love of the father. Um, I had a really rough relationship with my own dad. And um, I think a lot of us daughters just really long for that intimate relationship with our, our daddy. And um, and so that really shaped my, just um, my view of God. And honestly, it wasn't a good view. I, I didn't trust him. Um, I didn't think that he wanted good things for me. I didn't think he even wanted to spend time with me. Um, and this is the God of the universe who made me. So it's a journey around the globe as I run away from home and try and discover what faith is and, and what truth is apart from, you know, all the religiosity of the church. Um, it's a journey into finding human love. I, I just, you know, meet my husband who's an incredible farm boy who just loves the Lord so honestly. And of course I go ahead and try and mess that up. And, um, and then it's a journey into um, discovering a God who loves me mess and all who just really, really, really loves me and who loves all of us. And what that means, you know, it's not an, a conditional love. It's an unconditional love. And, and so really the end of the book is, 
is the beginning. Honestly, it's where I do enter motherhood. And the sequel, which is coming out next year, is really more about motherhood and and that journey. Um, and to finding my um, my definition not as you know a woman. Um, but as a daughter of Christ and what that looks like, even as I'm mothering my children. You know, I'm I'm so curious to know in that, you know, now that you are a mom, you know, part of the book mm-hmm. is about you and, and your mother and her battle with cancer and how you, in mm-hmm. a sense, mothered her and had to, to take care of her. And I, how do you feel like that has influenced you as a mom and, and how you mother your children? Oh, well, yeah, going home to take care of my mom was, yeah, really going home to to God. You know, it was going home to, okay, this is what it means to love the Lord, is to sacrifice my life. And, and it wasn't, like, it didn't feel like a sacrifice. It felt like more, um, like I entered into love. Because honestly, every day serving my mother and was a complete honor and people would ask me how can you do this you know how can you put up with all this and you know it, it was challenging but when you love somebody so much which I hadn't growing up she and I had a very rough relationship but God broke my heart for her you know and for the things that break his heart and um, it was it was an absolute privilege to serve her. And so that really gave me a heart for motherhood. I did not want to be a mom. I didn't want to sacrifice my body. You know, I like I said, I struggled with body image, you know, and um, I didn't want to go through pregnancy and gaining weight and then not having any time after the child was born to become famous like I thought I always wanted to be, you know? <laughs> so yeah. uh, it, a lot of things that you, you feel like give up in quotation marks when you become a mom. But like I said, you're entering into love. So it doesn't feel like sacrifice. Most mm-hmm. of the time it feels like an honor and a privilege. That's so good. That's so good. Um, and so I'd love to know a little bit more too. You, um, you have two boys and then mm-hmm. you have, do you have two foster boys or are they are you are you well, still in that process or or they come once a month now we had them for 11 months um so my youngest casher was 6 months old and Aiden his brother was one and a half when my friend who had met through young life um years before called me up one day and said I can't be a mom anymore and you know she had a little boy ages 1 and then another one ages um 2 and a half so we took them in, you know, um, we took them in, we didn't know it was going to be for 11 months. <laughs> if I had known, I probably wouldn't have done it, <laughs> but you know, um, you do what you have to do to help somebody, you know, out of the rut. And so it was a really challenging year. Of course, that was the year I got my first book contracts. And so there I was, I had to get a nanny to help me with the boys. And, um, that was really a time of honing my voice and mm. just, it was honestly, um, an act of sacrifice to write because I just wanted to nap, you know, mm-hmm. and I think we can all relate to that. So um, it, it didn't come down anymore to having my name on a book. It came down to, okay, God has asked me to write this. I will write it even though I really don't want to. Mm-hmm. So much beauty comes out of that sacrifice. And so you, you've taken, you took care of these boys and you took mm-hmm. care of your mom Mm-hmm. Is that something that have you always been 
of the personality that wants to to serve others and that is willing to lay down at least you know in air quotes or not so much for other yeah. people um or is that a, just a journey that God has taken you through I think it's both I have a very um compassionate nature which is why my heart broke so much as a child and you know honestly I got in I starved myself because I couldn't handle the pain of the world you know I didn't know how to process the pain um and when I realized that I could enter with the Lord into serving others and help relieve their pain it became another way of you know um, dealing with the brokenness of the world. And so it's, um, it's a healthy way versus, you know, hurting myself. I'm just trying to help others. And I think there's a fine line. Like when I went to Uganda this past year, he warned, God warned me before I went that I was going to see a lot of suffering. And I knew, you know, I would, but I didn't realize the extent. Um, but he said, Emily, your job is not to fix. I could fix the world with one breath. He said, your job, your job is to love. And so um, I think that you know, it was so reassuring for me in every situation of life. My job is not to fix my sons. My job is not to fix my friend's problems. It is to love. And what does that look like in that moment? That is so good. I love that. I know that's my personality. I want to fix stuff. And yeah. the loving part honestly comes harder to me than yeah. the fixing it. My kids tell me a problem and I just want to fix it or I see something and I just want to strategize how to fix yeah. it. Um, that's so good. So mm -hmm. you talk a lot about body image and mm -hmm. as moms, you know, I think especially as moms because we have surrendered our bodies to, um, to, to having kids and we're not the same afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I know so many moms struggle with body image and some struggle with eating disorders and some struggle just with maybe not an eating disorder, but just not knowing what mm -hmm. to do, not just feeling completely overwhelmed um, by the mm -hmm. dissatisfaction and discontentment with their body image. Um, tell us a little bit about your journey and what God has taught you in the process. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, you know, I struggled, like I said, with anorexia as a child, but I also relapsed as a young married woman from ages 23 to 26. Um, so I've had just a lot of struggle with eating. And um, when I had my miscarriage before I had my eldest son, you know, I realized I really need to start taking care of my body because it is a vessel of life and I have a responsibility to this child. You know, so it's no longer you know, just looking at myself in the mirror, I was looking at myself through the eyes of God and started to, as why did he create you, you know? And it's not just, you know, that you need as a woman to bear life. It's, a, it's a, physically, it's a bearing life through all aspects of life. And, you know, spiritually, emotionally, we are not just, you know, reflections. And so I started to really um, listen to my body and what it was telling me. And that was the first time in my life that, you know, oh, you want steak? Okay, I'll give you steak, <laughs> you know? Sure. You want spaghetti at midnight? Okay. Um, you know, and it's not, all, like I, I teach my sons, you know, to listen to their tummy. And sometimes their tummy is wrong. Um, you really have to <laughs> know your tummy does not want cake right now. Um, so 
<laughs> you know, but I think it's about honoring our bodies and, and recognizing that we can trust them, but we also have to retrain them um, once we after we've hurt them. So like for example, if we eat sugar for five years, our body's not going to know what it needs. It's going to think it wants sugar. You know, so we have to get ourselves back into a healthy lifestyle, which might mean following menus for a while or whatever. But eventually we want to get to that point where our body naturally tells us what it needs. And, and that is a beautiful relationship that we can have. And I think pregnancy really enhances that. Oh, I'm craving yogurt, you know, you're craving mm-hmm. calcium, you know. Um, now, that said, once you give birth and you have the baby, it's a lot harder um, to continue it because you don't have that baby inside of you to justify it. At least that's how I felt. But then I thought, I have my baby right in front of me, watching me, learning how to eat, you know, and that baby will grow into a teenager that is still watching me and seeing how to eat. So I still have a responsibility. And so you start off that way and you learn to love yourself that way. And eventually, you know, Anne Lamott says she, um, and that, if you can't tell, I love Anne Lamott. Um, she, you know, when she puts lotion on her legs, for example, she she thanks her legs as she's rubbing the lotion and for carrying her body through the day. And you know, I, I started to thank my body as I looked in the mirror. Thank you for you know all that you do. You know, to take care of your babies and your husband, and you know, thank you for your heart that beats so strong. And it totally transforms. You know, you start to view life through grateful eyes instead of, you know, rigid eyes. Like, why aren't you the size you used to be, you know? Mm-hmm. And really seeing the beauty of what God created and, and what he's given us and how much we can do with it. I love how you say to, to see it as a vessel of, of life and that, mm-hmm. you know, we if we just look at it, if we, we're just thinking about our body image in terms of magazine covers and things like that, then really it's coming from just a place of, of vanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then that's just, that is always going to downward spiral, always yes. going to downward yeah. spiral. But if we do that, you know, that perspective shift, like you're talking about and think instead, look at this gift that God has given me. I am healthy. I can move around. I have energy or, you know, whatever your limitations or gifts are just to choose to be thankful for what he's given you. And then mm-hmm. look at the ways that you can then use your body to be a blessing to the people around you and to fulfill the mm-hmm. calling that, that God has put on your mm-hmm. life. I love that. Yeah. Were there yeah. any scriptures in this whole process? Were there any scriptures in particular that you clung to or that encouraged you um, mm-hmm. as you journeyed through that? Absolutely. Well, you know, I always found it hard. My my mom, you know, would always remind me of Psalm 139, you're beautifully and wonderfully made. You know, and for years, you know, I, I it didn't mean much to me because I thought, oh, yeah, it's kind of like when your parents tell you that you're beautiful, it feels like they have to say that. Yeah. <laughs> of course, of course, God thinks I'm beautiful. But, um, you know, then I read Zephaniah 317, mm. which says, um, that he delights in me, you know, and that he sings over me and he quiets me with his love. And that was a kind of love that I had not been taught about in church. You know, I hadn't heard that this father, this heavenly father had a soft side and that he just Mm -hmm. delighted in me and wanted to spend time with me, even though he had so much to do. And um, 
that really transformed my view of myself that I could be lovable. And mm-hmm. I think something a lot of us women struggle with um, is believing that we are loved, you know, and lovable. I, you know, I know my husband is always telling me, you know, even though I'm maybe upset with you right now, I love you. He's like, and I'm saying this out of love and you need to know that everything I do for you is out of love. Mm-hmm. So it's just believing, you know, in that love. And that's a daily battle and a daily fight to remind ourselves because there's always those thoughts coming at us that say, and especially, I would say, especially with in today's culture with social media and we can see the perfection everywhere else and and we can hold our worst days up to everybody else's best days or our worst pictures up to everybody else's best pictures. And it's just a matter of keeping that constantly before us. Um, Mm -hmm. So for the mom right now that is listening and, you know, her hair is up in a ponytail. She's wearing sweats. She's feeling mm-hmm. a little discouraged and defeated. And her mm-hmm. baby's crying because he just woke up from his nap and it's time to go back to, you know, serving and loving and uh, feeling mm-hmm. like we put ourselves second. What would you say? What would you say to her? What would you say to encourage her in this moment? Mm-hmm. I would say, I get it. You know, I'm there, I'm wearing sweats, and I've got dirty hair. Um, But again, um, okay, first of all, it's not a crime to take care of yourself. Um, So I think in those moments when your baby is sleeping, really pursue your dreams. You know, it might not be sitting in front of a TV, even though that's what you feel like doing. Um, What is your dream that you've had since you were a child? Pursue that when your baby's napping, you know, even if it's just five minutes of sitting down and writing and then going and having a nap. But don't give up on the girl within you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's what a lot of us do is we think because we're serving and we're sacrificing, it means we no longer matter. Well, that's just absolutely a lie. You, you do matter and you matter more. God says the last shall be first. God says it's the things done in secret that he sees. But it's about, again, shifting our perspective and knowing that what we do matters, first of all. And secondly, that um, it's not about putting you first at all, but it is about seizing the moment. And so um, don't give up on those you know, gifts of time, you know, utilize them. You, if, and people often ask, how do you do everything you do? Well, honestly, I'm exhausted, but, um, <laughs> but it, and I do too much. But um, when you have 20 minutes, think, okay, I could paint a picture, you know, or <laughs> I could fold the laundry. And sometimes you need to paint the picture, mm-hmm. you know, it's okay. The laundry will wait and you can do that later. So, Just remember that girl inside you. And that's so good. And I think you exemplify that so well when you were talking earlier about, you know, having your boys and then the foster boys that you you took care of for 11 months and writing a book in and around all that, that sometimes even that taking care of ourselves, um, Mm -hmm. it, it can look like work. Uh, yeah. But but even though, you know, maybe we want to sit and watch TV because that feels like the most relaxing thing, the most rewarding thing yeah. isn't always going to be the easiest thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I love the way that you, you lived that out and, and the product of it, your book, is just just beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. where, where can people find you online, Emily? Um, they can go to my website. So just emilywaringa.com. That's 
E-M-I-L-Y-W-I-E-R-E-N-G-A.com. And all the links are there. And where can I get your book? Um, you can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere. Um, you know, Lifeway, yeah. Fantastic. And I will have um, all those links and everything in the show notes. Emily, I really appreciate you being patient with my oh, time no change no. issues. And I'm just so thankful that you took time out of your day to to share with us today. And, and I'm thankful for that. So it's been fun mm-hmm. chatting with you. Thanks for having me, Pat. All right. Thanks, Emily. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Emily. And before I go, I wanted to jump in real quick and I've gotten a lot of questions from you guys lately about who sings that song at the end because it's amazing. (laughs) And it's by a friend of mine named Jen Stanbro. I actually interviewed her in episode number 26, so be sure to check that out because she's she not only has a beautiful voice, but she has a beautiful heart. And, and she wrote the song at the end of this podcast. It's called God Day, and you can get it on her album. If you go to jenstanbro.com, that's J-E-N-S-T-A-N-B-R-O-W, you can grab a copy of her album. You can get that on iTunes, Amazon, or you can get an actual CD. And I love that song, and I listen to it every single morning. I cannot get enough of her stunning voice and just those beautiful lyrics. It really inspires me. So thank you guys for asking and I hope you'll go check out her album and we will see you next week on the Inspired to Action podcast. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now, and I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to do whatever I can to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you would take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king. And in this place, my heart begins to sing. It's gonna be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet new mercies. May my thoughts obey Jesus to walk in His way by His Spirit with each breath that I take. It's feeling like a good day.